there. Ah, there. You called me. Well, wait a minute. That came through? The ah, there? Yeah. Wow, that thing connects faster than it uh, hooks audio in. <clears throat> Brightening. Uh, well, <clears throat> I called you. I was sitting here when you called earlier, and I just wanted to feel like I needed to make a power play. Yeah. Wait it out and then call you right back. Well, it was an interesting uh, way to discover how my knobs aren't set to how they're supposed to be because it scared the crap out of me. <laughs> it was a very loud, uh, weird Skype xylophone song ring. You need to keep your knobs in check. You know what? I, yes, I do. But also, I kind of, I, I think I needed that. I'm feeling a little bit of a... Uh, an adrenaline rush from feeling like I was being going to get murdered by Skype there for a second. Yes. And well, uh, if the, I guess the best way to uh, best example of my state currently is that I, uh, Shannon's at French class. Uh, she does on Tuesdays and um, my children were playing giant Uno um, after dinner, which I let them play one game before bed. Giant Uno, are you familiar? I mean, it's Uno with giant cards. Yes, they're they're um, big enough, like they're 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 giant enough that it's actually pretty pretty impressive. Like they're like five by seven, right? That's kind of big Uno. No, this these are these suckers are like eight, eight by tens. Um, it's very <laughs> funny to watch children play Giant Uno. Um, so after I shuffled I think that them, that could turn around like the sagging poker show ratings you know how it got <laughs> yeah. a little uh overly professional and fake drama right Any giant giant cards where not showing your cards as part of the game like trying not to somehow get them seen uh things if you get anything big enough or small enough it becomes funny pretty much i totally agree uh but Tiny the, the card poker Tiny Uno would also be really funny, but sort of detrimental to a poor child. I shuffled their giant Uno for them, which is hard even for an adult. You just sort of have to make a mess and clean it up. There's not like they're they're thick too. I mean, the box of giant Uno cards weighs like five pounds. It's uh, significant. And then I uh, went to uh, lay down for a second, and next thing I knew, my children were waking me up, um, having missed their bedtime by fifteen minutes. So my energy level is uh, just real over the place. But now I'm I'm riding high on this uh, sky alert straight to the my cerebral cortex. <laughs> well, it's good to be alert, but just so we're clear, if Skype murders you, it's not actually murder. The end user agreement definitely oh. has something in there about you know rights to end your life on its terms. So it's just part of the deal that's just boilerplate i assume yeah. just copy and paste that from you know the open source you on github into every piece of software <laughs> just in case um i've i've long since assumed that i would die due to something having to do with software so it's cool i didn't know that but it's good to know it just, really makes a lot more sense of your psyche <laughs> uh how, how's it going we've we missed two weeks we missed two weeks for the first time ever. I know. FF, we've probably grown apart. Uh, Brock, is it? Yes. Okay. I still go by Brock anyway. You're still using your full name, Cameron? I mean, I try. Okay. Uh, I don't suppose you could make it any longer. but um, I mean, you could drag it out a little. 
can't. Well, I don't know where to drag it out. Where it, it generally just seems like it, I would be like mad at you. Like Cameron. Oh no! See, that's giving me more nervous energy. <laughs> so <laughs> now I'm just uh, now I'm just all a Twitter. I frankly, I really don't know what's happened in my life. Like, and by that, I don't mean <laughs> anything bad. I people ask me every Monday what how my weekend was. And I want to say just good, but I try to think, you know, what I did. And I, ju- I, I really can't remember. Have you not been present? Most of what I do. Are you having trouble being present? No, I'm here. Life? Oh, okay. Well, I, I, uh, the, no, I get it. The, the, <laughs> the weekend amnesia is a thing. Um, I've started using an app uh, called uh, this is not a sponsored content. Not sponsored what the hell content. did I do last weekend? Yeah, well, sort of. It's it's just a mood tracker thing, but um, it's called, oh, is it one where it gives you a graph of your whole year? Yeah, it's called Dailyo, mm-hmm. and you just go in every day and you tell it whether you feel um good, great, bad. Wait, what are the options here? Rad, <laughs> rad is the top one. So if you're just like... Certainly you could make your own categories, right? Oh, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure you can... Oh, yeah. There's a button here that says edit moods, which doesn't do what I hope it would do, um, ultimately. <laughs> you're like, that's it? All of my sad days are now ecstatic. Yeah. No, I I, but I, I just sit here and, and uh, I rad good, mad, bad, awful my day. Wait, and, do you have to pick it on a whole day basis, like an average for well, the day? I mean, I think that's up to your sort of personal philosophy. It hits me at 9 p.m., so it just hit me a minute ago. Um, and uh, I'm not going to reveal the results of my you know, entry. That's not podcast material. But it, it does give it, – it lets you choose from, like, you know, your custom list of, like, things like cooking, cleaning, kids – you know, outing, uh, reading, whatever your activities are. So it do, you don't like write anything. You just bop a bunch of icons. <laughs> so and then, okay. So first of all, yeah, I might not always have my cell phone on me. So if a an acquaintance um, asks me how my weekend was, uh-huh. I'll just very dramatically pull out a flip <laughs> notebook from my pocket, flip through, put on some reading glasses onto the lower bridge of my nose and say, hmm, let me see here. Apparently, Saturday, I went to the local market. Lick your fingers, flip, 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 yeah. flip, 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 flip. Those are all blank pages, Brock. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> um. Yeah, this isn't good for that. I wouldn't recommend pulling out Dalio and reporting to your to your coworkers how your moods have been tracking. It's America. Or, You're supposed to say good. How was yours? Or do because that'll be one of the last times they ask you. Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on what you want out of that. If you want finality, uh, that's definitely a, a quick way to get there. Is there an existential mood on there? I I mean, I I think that's most of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like this because I like the idea of it because it's one of many things that reveals hidden patterns that uh, may or may not emerge in, in things that we do regularly. We think we have more autonomy than we do often. And so I've seen charts like this where you start seeing that, you know, 
the middle of every month you're sad or whatever, you know. Right. And you're like, what is this? And you can sort of track it down. Yeah, I've totally, like, the idea of aggregate knowledge of what is going on with you is appealing to me. Uh, This is the literal first thing that's ever stuck. I mean, I've been doing this for, like, I don't know, three or four months because it's very, very basic. Um, But, like, yeah, I've tried to aggregate other information. And really, at some point, you have to... It's like the, you know, the fitness tracker on your phone or whatever. You could aggregate the fact that you don't exercise enough over time so that one day you could look back and say, yes, <laughs> I don't exercise enough. <laughs> and we verify that we have an appropriate sample size of information. Or you could just say, no. There's I, a direct I, correlation <laughs> between yeah. these exercise days and my my physical mass. <laughs> yeah, like you could trend that stuff, but some of it you just know. The mood stuff is interesting because it's, Unlike that, I don't. I feel like what this is attempting to do is give you some sort of like ins and outs. Like, oh, when I'm, you know, it'll give you these roll ups of like when you're feeling X mood, you most of the time are pushing X icon or whatever, um, often together, you know. So, like, you can look and say, like, oh, when I was doing bad, these are the things that happened those days. And it's semi useful. I don't know. This is what social media is for, right? Uh, no, this is extremely private. <laughs> this is exactly what social that's media. That's what isn't everyone for. says. Yeah, that's what everyone. Oh no, I've, I've those days are behind me. Ugh. Anyway, I don't remember what I did last weekend. Um, so a lot of good this did me. Um, but I did. I mean, we we went to Disney World. That was the big thing. Definitely when, saw that. Yeah, when you went to Disney World, you just mm-hmm. sort of like stealthed off to disney world because yeah and, and then we didn't talk about it on the podcast at all or barely it's true i i don't know i mean i am i'm a private person in a lot of ways i don't know it's not so it's not so straightforward but i often don't like promoting not promoting promoting is the wrong word i, I often don't like even letting people know what I'm doing unless it's very specific or if someone asks and they're generally interested, it can flip real quick. Cause I can talk a lot about stuff that I've done. Um, but then I don't know. I have this, I have this general aversion to being seen, uh, which I think causes me to not bring things up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that, uh, the, the way that having kids has changed that for me a little bit, like with, I think I share in some of that stuff, but also tend to, I, I feel like have a tendency toward like indulging in it in certain instances. It, but like, even the fact that I call it indulging and not just like, you know, posting online um, <laughs> says something about how I feel about it. Um, but when, when you end up with kids, uh, you can sort of, you can uh, sort of proxy through the kids a little bit. Like I don't, I, I feel like if I was like a um, high profile public figure, you know, there's, there's, an, those people are definitely, I think um, right to keep their kids out of, out of exposure. But like, I'm not the kind of person that tries to hide my children's names or images online or anything like that. Um, but with the Disney stuff, I, you know, I'm not posting pictures of myself at Disney. I'm posting pictures of my, you know, my children, because 
there everyone needs a little Disney magic. You know what I mean? <laughs> Again, we are not sponsored, nor have we been told <laughs> to stop talking about any of these. It's the advantage to having almost zero listenership. Yeah, so we're low profile. We neither have to <laughs> we neither have to start or stop talking about anything. No, this is the ultimate freedom. We are not we are neither incentivized knows we're doing this. or de incentivized. No one is giving us money or threatening to take our money <laughs> yet. I feel it's like if either of those things happen, we know we've made it. Libertarian utopia. We're just living in it, hiding in our little corner. Um I yeah, I have no value judgments on them either way. I often avoid being seen too much. But also Abigail's around and she just does all that stuff like you know, it's a lot of that stuff just happens on its own in my world. And so I don't know. It's fine. People do tend to know what I do a lot more than I anticipate they know based on you know, spousal reporting. Hey man, it takes a weekly podcast for me to even know that you went to Disney. So, you know, <laughs> it's true. You never know. Who knows? I could say the wildest things. You just got to ask me occasionally. Uh, do you want to hear my Disney story that involves uh puke? I mean, how many are there that involve just, puke? Just, just the one. And <laughs> yeah, I, I sure. thought about segueing into it. Um, Cause like we could talk, you know, we could talk about Disney. We could talk about, oh, did you know there's tunnels under Disney? Did you know that? Oh, we met Winnie the Pooh. Oh, we met two different in, in, incarnations of Mickey. We met Farmer Mickey and uh, what was the other Mickey we met? met did uh, Archer have a lot of questions about that, or was he those ki- those kids uh, are understanding? I don't know how your kids handle suits suited characters. Um, I saw almost none of them growing up and um like i met i think i met santa and screamed and cried when i was like a year and a half so i grew up seeing pictures of myself screaming and crying at santa um and much like i tried chocolate on my first birthday and didn't like it i sort of grew up assigning those things to my own identity like i didn't i was i was like oh the kid that doesn't like chocolate and all oh, the kid who's afraid of people in suits, but I never really got like a, I feel like I never got a second shot at some of those things, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and like, yeah, I, I was always worried about you not liking chocolate, but you know, Hey, but it was an identity thing. It was like, Oh, I don't like chocolate. And people are like, Whoa, you don't like chocolate. And all of a sudden it's like a thing you can talk about or whatever when you're nine. Um, well, that's true. Yeah. I totally get that. Yeah, so like I, I tried a crunch bar when I was like a twelve, and I said, "Wait a minute, chocolate is good. What's going on here?" Um, Have I been lied to by yourself? Yeah, it wasn't really lied to by anybody, but it was. A, it was sort of a, a unintentionally assigned to me as a characteristic uh, at an early age. Um, so with our kids, we t- we decided. Like last time we went for a couple of days back when we were in Florida, so it was a much less uh, grandiose trip. This was a real swing for the fences Disney trip. Um, we met uh, a Winnie the Pooh and co at like a character breakfast. Um, yeah. And it turned out to be our, our kids between that and meeting, this was years ago, they met uh, uh, Chewbacca. I mean, I figure, I feel like in the pantheon of Disney costumed characters in the modern era, that if your kid meets 
they might like freak out. I feel like Chewbacca is the top of the list. <laughs> and instead, my kids, uh, well, Felix was asleep, but but uh, Archer saw Chewbacca and immediately ran up and hugged him in the, in the knees. And it was the most adorable, heart-rending thing that I'd ever seen. And everyone in the room melted, and it was great. Um, so between that and the, the poo thing uh, going well as well, we realized our kids, for whatever reason, are very receptive to costumed characters and so this time we really went for it like we did all of the costume things and uh where was i going with that story i don't know we met a lot of costume characters uh, we met bb8 we met uh yeah uh, i was eventually getting a puke my original point was oh, that yes. i have i have no unique disney stories because it's a it's a place that shuttles ten thousand people through every ride every week and uh, you could, the most interesting thing as an adult to talk about with Disney is how amazing it is that they pull that off ever. Um, but I mean, that is true. These are all known topics I feel, uh, but not every day you get puked on. So what happened is, uh, day one, we go to animal kingdom. Uh, now if you've been to animal kingdom, yes. Okay. I had not been to animal kingdom. Animal kingdom feels like like the the spinoff park, like it feels like a you know an a DLC add on to <laughs> Disney. <laughs> yeah, I sort of can see that. I mean, it's a very different theme. Yeah, I mean, but the theme is weirdly un like to, indirect with its Disney tude. Disney, Disney, yeah, yeah, Disney, it's very you know? yeah. There's no Disneyness to it. It's it, just a place. Yeah, it's just a place. There's a big tree in the middle. And, the, like, I guess Steamy. Epcot is also sort of not really a Disney place. Like, you're not going to see Mickey wandering around Epcot. But Epcot's been there forever. So, but the in, Animal Kingdom is bizarre uh, for that reason that, like, it's not identifiably Disney very often. Um, but we go in, we went to uh, Road All the Rides, and, and uh, we, have, we were on the meal plan. Um, I'm not, and the, the, the gist oh, of yes. the meal plan, oh, did you do the meal plan? I have done meal plan. Yeah. All I, mean, right. I don't know which one, but I know this, what you're talking about. This was like the meal plan where you get two snack credits a day per person. Uh, so you can buy a, you know, anything with a snack credit that's anything up to like, I don't know, a funnel cake with ice cream on it counts as a snack. <laughs> like you can really get serious if you need to. Um, but you know, so we're throwing snack credits around, like just toss them into the wind. Uh, Archer eats a Mickey mouse, uh, ice cream pop after breakfast between breakfast and lunch for a snack. He eats lunch, uh, which was like barbecue. He ate like, uh, another Mickey ice cream pop three thirty ish. He ate uh dinner. And because it, it was a birthday trip, they gave him a chocolate cake after dinner and, uh, dinner was in the avatar land. Pandora part of the park mm-hmm. um, because the, the, the finale, the cap, the end cap, the fast pass of, of, uh, to end all fast passes was we were going to go ride the avatar ride where you ride the, the, yeah, that's a tough fast pass to get yeah, for those sh- of you who don't go to Disney primo fast pass material. Just like we we waltzed right in that line. We, you know, made finger guns at the Disney employees and passed, you know, the 90 minute line and walked our way up into the thing. Archer's looking a little sallow, I would say. His <laughs> he's looking a little wan, a little pale. Mm-hmm. Um, my uh, follow. 
Yeah, Felix is back with my uh, mother-in-law, Archer, and Shannon and I were walking up, walking into the, the, the mountain cave thing. Uh, we go through the first part of the line. We go into the, like, uh, the, the, like, part where they, um, buy time, you know, they, like, stand, yeah, stand you on the circle. Yeah, they to your beasts and yeah. who knows what they're doing. They're like, uh, yeah, we got to map you to these, uh, these, uh, these blue people and then the, the little dots on the screen project onto you and they do some little, like, motion detection, you know, fancy stuff and you go stand on your number and stuff and Archer tugs on my sleeve. I lean down and he's like, I, "Daddy, I don't want to let you guys down because I really want to ride this ride, but I don't feel very good." And I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I'm looking at the screen. I'm already matched with my blue man. We're all matched with our blue man. Um, I'm like, this ride beyond this door lies this like lizard ride. Uh, do you think you can make it? You know, what do you feel like? Do you feel like you're going to be sick? Um, and I don't know where your children or even yourself, I mean, cause we're all, we all have in, some, in our own way to deal with figuring out when you're going to puke. It's a, right. it takes you a long time, maybe your whole life to really know. But when you know, you know, right? Like they, eventually you figure it out. But like, I definitely have gone through phases of my life where I just like am in fear that I'm going to puke for like hours and it never <laughs> happens. Yeah, you know, so you're waiting for it. My window is closing for getting this fast, you know, getting on the the lizard, and um, so I'm like, I give him like a pep talk, you know, like, like, buddy, it's just around, like, we're almost on the ride, and then we'll go lie down. You know, if you're not feeling good, do you feel like you're gonna puke? And he's just saying, like, I don't, you know, he's not, he, no eight-year-old really knows if they're going to puke. <laughs> like, he's just not Well, there. especially when it's clear that it, you know, he's not, it was, it's not ideal for him to be needing to be sick right that moment. Right. The context is all wrong for being sick, for sure. He's been, uh, he's been on roller coasters all day. He he got he got when we went to that 3D bug ride where they drop spiders on you like his his psyche has been battered and bruised by <laughs> by his first you know jump in the deep end we got there right when the park opened and so we'd been to the park for like ten hours or whatever you know so like there's not mm-hmm. much Archer left <laughs> at this point um, so we get to the final room where they like line you up and they tell you what number to stand on like post blue guy matching. The the went next door. I can see you know the door slides closed and I can see people like getting off the previous. And he goes, he's like, "Daddy, I don't feel good." And I like take him right to the corner. And I and any current if or perspective parents out there uh, really can learn from what I did. Uh, I think um, because if you have a child <laughs> who need, who who might puke. Um, there is there is a normal way that you like as a dad hold your child's shoulders and you kneel down and you give them like an encouraging pep talk, right? It's like, buddy, we're gonna go out there, we're gonna win the ball game, or like we're gonna go, you know, I know it's gonna be a long day, but like we gotta go do this stuff. Just stick with me. I'm 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 in the like dad pep talk position. I have actually backed myself into the corner of this darkened, you know, blue room <laughs> and I'm I'm He's facing me in the corner. I'm kneeling down, giving him pep talk. Uh, 
if your kid might puke, this is not the proper pep talk physician. <laughs> you, your kid is a, is a, um, your kid is a, uh, a can of soda that you shook up too much and you're trying to open. You point that thing away from you. <laughs> I did not do this. Your, your ideal situation would be to like talk at sides to him, like son, face the corner. All right, now answer my question right, as like, well as you can. Yeah, that's very unintuitive, and also I feel like is giving into the what, the thing that I was like personally determined to not have happen, which was something I had no control over, which is whether Archer would puke and keep us from going on the cool ride. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the the heartless. The heartless dad thing to do would have been to aim him at the corner, stand safely behind him, and then start talking to him. Uh didn't occur to me to do that, which I choose to believe is credit to me. Uh, however, I paid the price. Um, he put his hand up to his mouth, started retching, and I said, uh, uh, and then he proceeded to sort of like, it was mostly chocolate. I'm going to be honest, like the, if there's one saving grace to getting puked on in this scenario, it's that the chocolate cake smell was actually stronger than the bile smell. Um, mm. But it went it went on me. It only w- barely went on him. It was like on his hand. Uh, the rest was down the front of my white T-shirt and jacket. Um, <laughs> and so... So oh. we, so there it was. It was on me and my pants and my shoes and my and my shirt. Like I stood in front of a puking person for no good reason, got puked on, and then had to walk of shame myself and Archer. Well, I, I carried him, but like we had to walk of shame the you know excruciatingly long exit line that many Disney rides have, as you you know, experience the come down from whatever cool thing you did. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's 300 yards of, of walking, um, before I get to, of no, probably farther than that. It was all the way out of the thing and like around the corner to a, to a, uh, bathroom. You know, I'd like to say that, you know, it just happens, but, uh, I never saw a single person with puke on them while I was at Disney. And uh, while I have been marginally puked on and well, dealt with puke quite a bit, but, you know, also been puked on a little bit, day to day kid care. Right. Yeah. I mean, you really went above and beyond. I mean, <laughs> at the hardest ride to get on, period. It's as if I feel like there's some kind of karma involved here because it's, it feels a little bit too designed are you saying that i'm i'm i had built up so much karma and it all just fell back on me at once or are you saying i'm in i have like a surplus now and something cool is going to happen oh no 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 you paid for something and i don't know what it was and i don't know if you're done paying for it but you know eh, it must have been pretty bad whatever it was (laughs) uh you know maybe i maybe i did what uh what a da- uh oh! I'm running out of power. I'm gonna have to get a charger. Uh, do hold that thought. Get the uh, get, do the byline for the show. Be right back. This is you're listening to Cameron and Brock are two people wherein Cameron and Brock are two people talking to each other about whatever we feel like, and nobody can tell us otherwise. 
um, legally. Well, you, well, it depends on what we say. But so far, no one's asked us to. Um, we, uh, you know, are from the same place at the same time for a long time. And now we're from different places in the same time. And we talk about stuff. I'm Is back. That, right? I mean, we are at the same time in different places. I'm I'm with you on so far. Yep. Um, that sums it up. So I, I'm thinking that maybe, much less I literally uh, took Archer's puke upon myself, uh, maybe I uh, there was a transference of karma. Maybe Archer had built up some amount of negative child karma. That's true, because he didn't get to go on the ride. Yeah. Well, what is a child doing to build up negative karma? I don't know. He's the sweetest child on the face of the planet, <laughs> you, so nothing. You monster. Yeah, you're right. I'm I'm projecting all the wrong things. <laughs> oh, geez. So the uh, so the the story is there's still a little bit of a grim epilogue here, uh, which is that the Disney you know uh, faucets are designed to minimize water usage. Um, so which means that you put your hand under the faucet and. You don't get like a stream of water. You get like a little uh, shower, like a little like a uh, sprinkling yeah. of water that lasts about four seconds. And then you have to like rewave your hand about into it. So I'm the dad. Um, and you, I'm blessed you that you didn't see anyone like this. I didn't either. Although I did at one point see a cluster of Disney uh, workers around what looked like a real bad one sort of on the entry to a bathroom, like somebody was heading for the bathroom and they, they were about 20 feet short. Um, so they were, they were cleaning that up. Um, so that's, I didn't see anything as grim as what I presented to a variety of people at Disney, which is <laughs> a shirtless man, uh, rinsing a chocolate puke stained white t-shirt wadded up in a sink, waving it in front of the faucet every four seconds to get the, <laughs> get a little bit more water on it, and then wringing it out, putting it back on, um, and zipping up my jacket, which was less puke-stained, over my shirt in order to take my family home from Pandora. Um, Did your family get to ride without you? No. I mean, we we called it. Like, what, We could have maybe sent Shannon back through the ride, but it was like eight thirty at night. It was it, everyone was pretty like thrown sideways by what had happened. I was, you know, pretty displeased <laughs> myself. Um, I, I, and Archer was toast. So like I carried Archer, or like uh, we ended up taking turns carrying Archer. Like and just we sort of punched out of the whole day. And we're like, well, <laughs> if there was a time to fold him, this is it. Um, never did get to ride the ride because we didn't have the park hopper. We did not go back to Animal Kingdom, mm. so no no Avatar ride for me. Well, and that is not necessarily emblematic of your Disney experience, however. But no, it no, is the most unique thing that happened to you besides all of the fun you had. Right, I had the more the probably typical to slightly above average, I would say, amount of fun that one has at Disney. We did. The things we ate in the castle, we paid nine dollars for beers. We, uh, our Felix got a princess makeover. Uh, it was, it was, uh, a rich. I'm really really proud of you, Cam. You Uh, really embraced just, you know, being happy, doing a relatively common yet enjoyable thing. I, good job. 
Oh, thank you. I, I think that, well, Shannon gets 93% of the credit because other than footing the bill and trying not to complain about the bill, my job was mostly to carry things. I mean, this is, again, this I could be anyone, right? These are very uh, prototypical uh, roles and uh, inexperiences. But she did <laughs> all of the like planning and fast passes and reservations, so we got to... We got to chill with the princess is at the breakfast, and we got to go to the thing and meet the people and whatever. Yes, prototypical Disney. But you know what? There's a something about Disney. You're not there to have – you're not there to invent new ways to experience Disney necessarily. I think that you're there to, like, get your, like, value, get your Disney experience the mm-hmm. way it was intended. And uh, And I grew up – uh, I mean, there were multiple reasons for this, um, not the least of which there were 90,000 people in my family, but I grew up yeah, that's true. going to amusement parks and, um, I've never in my entire childhood did I like buy a, a, a ice pop or a funnel cake in an amusement park. You'd be like, oh, those are way too expensive. And then we would go to the car at lunch and eat turkey sandwiches out of an ice chest. Yes, I've um, done that. Yeah, and I mean, like as a child, quite a few times. Sure, and and that is, I suppose, a time and a place, right? But like, I'm I'm of the mind that if you're going to fly across the country to go to a, a the, the go to Disney, you need to make sure that you allocate the resources to make the whole trip feel like a Disney trip and not a trip punctuated by turkey sandwiches and ice chests. Yeah, there's two. If you can, yeah, if you can swing it's it, too you know? straightforward. Well, certainly, it's it, it is a luxury, and I think I'm very thankful that I was able to do it that way without totally becoming irresponsible, right? Because um, I, I think we did similar thing to you, but um, yeah, I think it just over and over a theme I see because I tend to be more um, practical as discussed previously is that there's there's a real value to a lot of intangible elements of things that it's just not worth you're not if saving money is to stabilize your life experience or whatever you want to consider the goal of being frugally frugal or fiscally responsible right you're not ultimately accomplishing that goal holistically by just not spending the most money you can. And we've talked about this many times, but it keeps coming up in different little ways. And this is definitely an, a very clear example if you've ever gone through it, which is that the, the, the experience of life that you're going through is very obviously a thing that you're – you're getting for spending that money, but it's not nothing. It's not just eating food. Like it's, it's silly to look at it that way. And I guess I just felt like that was how I was told being responsible is just, uh, like it was sort of black and white, if you, if you will. Right. Well there, yeah. And Disney is, uh, intangible value everywhere. Like that's, the the actual now we did try to eat at the places that had like decent food but yeah you're looking at the tab and it's not and it's not you're paying what you're paying for is like a singular particular experience and it's really 
you know, if our kids did not care about suited characters, then we would have had a drastically right. different trip, right? Like that's you know, like twenty yeah. bucks for a hamburger. Ah. What a ripoff! You're like you're not paying for a hamburger, you know. Right. And by the way, most of the food is actually good quality. Yeah, it's to- totally fine, and uh, and like it's. I think there's. It almost feels like a uh, there's like an open world video game aspect to the fact that there's only ever one suited character at a time in a park. I think they're called face characters. Actually, there's only one in each park at a time. So like in the magic kingdom at any given time, there is one goofy or like one Mickey. Oh, I see. Oh yeah. Yeah. So like, where is, where is Ariel? Oh, for these hours, she'll be meeting people at her grotto. And like, there's not going to be another Ariel. Like if you want to hang with Ariel, that's it. That's where they are. Like, yeah, they go but in just, cycles. yeah, I, I agree. Like, can you imagine seeing two of the same character? My world would just shatter. I noticed uh, this time that they had signs saying that you couldn't dress up uh, if you're over 13 in Disney. Or what? Yeah. Well, uh, there's no... Imagine Disney with cosplayers. No, I'm... I'm you know all, what I mean? I'm, I'm for this restriction. I didn't know it existed. Yeah, I didn't either. I noticed it and then thought about it for a half a second and realized that it was very smart of them. You know, as with so many things... It's a very controlled, complicated experience that you blessedly know none of. I mean, that's the whole game, right? Yeah, it's a. I mean, it's a totalitarian city state, um, but it's very built yeah, on but, happiness. Yeah, built on happiness. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate political uh, system has been here under our noses the whole time. Yeah, and it's like. Uh, yeah, you could argue that deeper, right? Like you could be like, well, it's genuine happiness. So like, and like you probably know people work at Disney and they're not very happy or they're really strict, but then like really the core of it is so healthy because if it wasn't, then how would it be successful? But actually Disney's a massive gargantuan company. Like you can't, you have to just do like go to Disney. If, yeah. Right. You know, <laughs> like you can't, uh, you can't address this stuff on too deep a level or, um, you're undercutting your own ability to experience it um, or your kid's ability to experience it, I guess. No one wants wow. to hear about, uh, you know, Disney's mergers when they're like <laughs> in line for Star Tours. That's just not <laughs> not what anyone is there for. Uh, uh, that would be fun to see how many people you could piss off at Disney just intentionally going around and doing that. Find the people... And, you know, it's child's play to just bother people who would obviously be bothered by it. What you got to do is you got to pin the person that looks like they'd most be, like, roped into complaining about it, you know, and see that person with the most people that clearly don't want to hear it from them. And then you can just spread that anti-cheer virally. Maybe it's the Disney magic talking, but I don't feel like... I feel like if those people are there, they're undercover. Like, I don't feel like the Magic Kingdom is a place for somebody to go and bitch. Like, at least not in that way. Like, if the only people who I saw with a scowl the whole time were dads that had been, like, forced to wear family matching T-shirts or something, (laughs) which there are plenty. (laughs) I don't know. I felt like the dads were more in on those matching T-shirts than anyone else in the family most of the time. 
I, hmm. I got that sense. I don't know. It just seemed like a dad thing. Maybe not all the dads. Yeah, I feel stereotypical like, dads. Maybe there's two types of dads here. <laughs> I think so. Maybe we're our own stereotype within our subgroups. Probably. I mean, I know what end of the spectrum. Well, actually, you know, and I, I, I choose not to play. I guess, but there's definitely there. There are um, short like were would were my dad to have had access to. Uh, family matching T-shirt uh, resources. Uh, when I was a child, you bet your ass we'd all be wearing matching T-shirts at Disney. Yeah, um, that does sound right. Arguably, uh, I- <laughs> if it was socially acceptable to wear matching T-shirts just around, uh, he would have been on that train. I think if he could have made you guys do it without losing too many points Like, I know parents ultimately do have control over the kids, but there's sort of this underlying battle of like, don't push us too far. You'll lose your implicit authority. Yeah. Um, I'm, I was very, I went on and say against, it's known that I would not like to be wearing a matching shirt with a group of my family members. I have nothing against it. It's just known that I personally find that a very uncomfortable situation to be in. The people wearing matching shirts look super happy. So I think it's a good thing. Well, I was, I was classifying as I was going around Disney because there are, uh, maybe maybe it's because it's um you know February and most of your Disney goers in February if they're in groups it's like the big family trip as opposed to like the summer so where you're maybe going to get some people just like you know rolling on by from other places in Florida or whatever but I felt like a solid like twenty percent of people at Disney were wearing some sort of a system uh, with their shirts and yeah no th- it's a lot I would. Okay, 20, maybe 20. I would say 30 probably. Yeah, it's, it's a, it was, once I started noticing it, I started, I started sort of like classifying these people into sort of phyla. Um, Cause you have your like, uh, we all bought the same shirt when we got here, people, you know, like, oh, it's the, we went to the gift shop and we all bought the, you know, the, the same shirt. It says Disney 2019. Yeah, then you have the custom right? ones, the yeah. super custom ones. Well, there's different types of custom ones. There's like the, there, there's the, uh, there's the family trip ones that are like, you know, the Braunschweigers family trip 2019. And then, so there's ones where the, somebody went out and got like, you know, 20 of the, the Braunschweigers all got their, their, you know, their matching shirts. Then you have sort of like the plus plus version of that where every shirt has that person's name on it. Right, so like it's granny yeah, over but there. Then you got to get the Disney branded versions of the deluxe family matching. Right. Shirts. Yeah. Once you get into the like the one off shirts, I mean, the way that screen printing works, you know, each of those shirts is a slightly different run, so you're talking more more cost. Uh, you and then in in that cost bracket, you go from the like licensed shirts on down to the like like uh, suspiciously almost licensed shirts. And then at the bottom mm-hmm. are just like the ones that have like a joke on them or something, you know, yes. <laughs> like at the mm-hmm. far end, at the far end, it's like, you know, the kids are all like daddy's little Mickey's. And then the mom's like, daddy going to spend all the money. And the dad's shirts like, don't got no money left or what? <laughs> oh know? yeah. I've, I, those were actually more common than I thought they would be as far as within the group of shirts. Yeah, I think I I like those the least, but again, 
I don't know. It's a personal feeling. Well, I'm thinking where, I mean, you're on camp, like you're quote unquote on campus, right? Like you, you are, if you want like, uh, I don't know, a, a roll of toilet paper in, in Disney, like good, good luck. Like you're, you're going to need to leave campus and find like a target or something. Like it's going to be a 20, 30 minute drive or whatever. Like you, you these people are obtaining these shirts somewhere <laughs> and like they're either like ordering them beforehand or there's probably like I didn't go there but there might be some like orbiting gift shops like just just outside of campus that are given like some sort of a you know a Joe's Crab Shack of shirt places that will give you the, your like shirts where the dad's shirt says uh wait what was my least favorite other than the ones that were like slightly dirty, like one said something about a happy ending that I thought was really inappropriate for the Magic Kingdom. Um, there was one that said, "Let's all get matching T-shirts." Said no dad ever. <laughs> it the dad was wearing. That's the dad was wearing, and I okay. was like, "Yeah, good, cool, no. got him, dad." Uh, uh, peak, right? Like I, I would sooner wear a Daigle. Fi- you know what? I feel like much like with other things, Disney. If you commit to the like proper Disney thing, that's like in some ways the classiest move. Like just get the 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 Disney twenty nineteen shirts or whatever. And oh, okay. okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Well, that that shows like you know just a participatory attitude, yeah, more so than like I'm I am unique and I'm going to show you by being. Yeah, no one wants your like cl- your cr- shitty clever like a uh, knockoff to- or like the one. I don't was, know. Yeah, I, think I don't know. Maybe we're underselling. Like, w- I'm not the target audience here. Clearly, there's probably a hundred, maybe a thousand other dads who saw that guy's shirt that said, "You know, I spend or I don't have any money now," and was like, <laughs> "I don't have any money now either." <laughs> this guy, we're in the same boat. You know, it's probably I've. It's probably we're we're just guessing because we're not part of it. Like it's like uh, you, you're driving a jeep. I haven't driven a jeep, but my understanding, uh, I think I got this from yeah. a sermon one time or something. Was that like <laughs> it if doesn't matter? It's true now. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. Someone talking about like uh, driving their friend's jeep, and you drive a jeep, and other jeep owners are going to nod at you because it's mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, hey, that hey, doesn't jeep sound guy. wrong. Yeah, so like you're 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 my you know you got a Disney shirt and it's like a knockoff shirt of like a pocket with like mousier shape, you know what I mean? Something that's yeah, like yeah, I mean that's eh. ears, yeah, three, three circles, it'll do. And there's like a fly <laughs> buzzing out of it or whatever. It's like you know no money with like a loopy letters that look kind of Disney esque. You know you <laughs> wear that shirt and maybe maybe you're gonna get an you know I'm gonna roll my eyes at it or like whatever, but like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> the no money dads are gonna, you know, it takes one to know one. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I'm still evolving on this thought generally of like, like looking at other people and thinking, thinking of them as in some ways separate and or less interesting than myself in certain categories, which is what we're doing right now. Yeah. And I try to say, you know, I don't pass judgment, but it's not what I like. And, that is true in a sense. Like I literally don't mind that they're that way. Um, and I, I don't want them to not enjoy it. I wouldn't go up and be like, Hey, this is stupid. This isn't even funny. Like they want to enjoy it. That's great. But I think maybe 
you know, maybe I do need to evolve past this, but I think I'm coming back to like, I don't have to think like I can pass some kind of objective judgment of that person in a sense. Like, I think that they're like this and they probably are. And like their, their value as far as how I value human beings is more or less based on that. <laughs> I, I'm not like going to let them die in a fire or anything. I'm just saying I, there's something va- valid to that. And I don't want to have to constantly hide away from like, mm. there's got to be a way to separate being okay with people being the way they are. And also like differentiating people in ways that you think are valuable. Um, yeah, I think that there's something to like thinking about like punching up versus punching down, right? Like you're not like punching down being like, I don't know, like people of Walmart, Walmart or something like that, where it's kind of icky because like, yeah, all right. That person doesn't seem to be doing well, but is, is this really the time, you know, to like, dunk yeah, on? and did they really like didn't necessarily choose to be that way? Yeah. A type of like demographic thing right and at the same time like people jumping in front of uh bullets for elon musk on twitter how dare you know the man's a billionaire like that's like the definition of punching up like have at thee and if he gets riled up on instagram that's or on twitter that's his fault or on instagram who, who knows maybe that guy's on instagram point being like like there's a certainly like an appropriateness to certain types of stuff that I, I mean, I try to think about, but in other, in other times like this, it's maybe like also throw a pie at your own face. You know what I mean? Like the, Oh uh, yeah. The, I, you know what I wore on Disney (laughs) other than puke. Um, I, uh, I have, I own 10, uh, of the same white V neck t-shirt, um, because they were cheap at Uniqlo. So you're V-neck guy? I, you know, they're white V-neck t-shirts, and I have a khaki jacket. I like a lot of tan jacket. Um, the the tan jacket really needs to be retired because both side pockets and breast pocket all uh, have lost their lining, which means that if I put and I discovered this on the trip, but if I put something into any of the pockets, it just ends up in the jacket. <laughs> Like my jacket. <laughs> it's just a big pocket. Yeah, it's just got tiny access points for the pocket. That's effectively it. Like I put a, I discovered this cause I put a spare, my spare battery in there, like my big <laughs> chunky iPhone battery into my breast pocket. Um, <laughs> and next thing you knew, I was getting off a of splash mountain and my jacket felt heavy on the back. I thought it was wet. It turns out the, the, you know, the iPhone battery just migrated to the back of the jacket. Um, but on almost every day at Disney, I wore one of my white V-neck shirts and my tan jacket because it was all a, right. Well, here's know. the difference. So I know, might see you as V-neck guy, right? And that's very true. And I might make a judgment about you as a V-neck white V-neck guy with the jacket that he always wears. See you twice, maybe, right? Um, but my judgment isn't just equivalent it isn't oh you're a type of person you're a type of person right there is in my mind a way that i see everyone being better while still being different right and i see some people living in an area where i feel like it's indicative of them still being stuck on one of those spots that i wish that they go past right v-neck guy 
Oh, I see. Maybe like, slight, maybe a vanity thing or like a or a clickishness, but they've. I see that that's not necessarily indicative of something more base. I would really. ex- I would accept foreign exchange student. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, except for your family, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's I, I sure it's it's harder to nail down someone who doesn't have something written on their shirt, you know, just in general. Um, but like, there's a there's a a tendency that I feel like is misplaced that I have tried to avoid, which is like. And really, what the overall what we're talking about here is that an observation shouldn't be a value judgment when you have no information, yeah, I, right. right? Like, but like the the uh, the thing that I think is as toxic as like goofing on someone or or like in a you know mean spirited way or like saying you know making assumptions about someone you don't know is the it's a shaming them like oh it's a real shame that you know it's a real shame they could and I grew up with a lot of this, like, oh, it's a real shame she cut her hair so short, you know, when I'm a kid or whatever. Like, oh, oh it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a real shame they bleached their hair. It could look so nice or whatever, like that sort of thing, <laughs> which is exactly the same thing as like a more direct form of of taking down a stranger. Um, just it's disguised in a you know in a bless your heart sort of manner. Yeah, I mean, I don't even think it's hardly disguised in that situation. Um, uh, well, I was, yeah, I was slow diff- on the draw with that as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally heard the same thing, and it was disguised. You just felt weird about it, and then you're like, "Why does this feel?" Yeah, it, yeah, it almost felt worse because it, it, yeah, you you were duped into thinking it was a kind thing to do, and then you realize that it's just projecting there being one way to be the best thing. Right. Right. Well, I'm fine with the way my hair is, okay? It's really short because I'm bald. <laughs> I uh, haven't had a haircut in uh, push in a year. So Your hair's really long. I saw a picture of you. This is the longest the it's ever Instagrams. been. It's, I'm going until I feel like I should stop. So we'll see when that is. Well, whatever. I grew my beard out the longest I ever had, maybe into last year, and I don't know. I had nothing to go or go with it. Like I just didn't have anything to do, and I was like, "I'll make it shorter." And uh, here's a you know, going back to what you said about jeeps. When I started bearding, whenever mm-hmm. I grow facial hair, or whatever. Yeah, you used to get nods from other guys wearing beards. Bearding, and now it's just ubiquitous nobody cares in fact there's some kind of like unhealthy beard competition or judgment like i judge people who are wearing matching shirts other guys who are into grooming their beards are judging me because my beard isn't you know whatever where do i don't know where they go get their beards cut i'm a home cutter Uh, yeah it's like now yeah, go ahead. Uh, this is like Hallie's Comet. Like once every four to seven episodes, we end up coming back by the the sensitive the sensitivity of the male uh, style identity, uh, the the very fragile moving target of what it is that is like a the the male uh, thing, right? Because right, because whatever it is, we're supposed to be confident about it, right? First. But also not care. Yeah, and and like we we've discussed uh, the inflexibility of men's wardrobe options, 
We've actually mm-hmm. even discussed the like uh, preponderance of facial hair identification. Uh, what with uh, well, it was probably a year ago, I guess, when I I, I had a mustache. Yeah, you had a mustache. Yeah, I, I grew enough of a mustache to have someone on a video meeting call at work say, "Oh, welcome." Oh, yeah. And once <laughs> once other mustache guy said welcome, I literally shaved my mustache off <laughs> the next day. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so like and then if you think back like I in the 90s no one had a beard, right? Like there was no there were no beards. No, uh, it was there was goatees right. and uh anyway, yes. I that and you know I'm fine with that. But yeah, there, there's no more nods. It's just there's no identity to it anymore. There's too many sub identities now, right? Oh, is there it's like, like a, if they made a thousand different kinds of jeeps you'd only get people who were driving your type of Jeep. I, you know what? I bet there's like Wrangler people and Liberty people and, and the Wrangler oh, people don't yeah, nod at the Liberty probably, people. Probably, yeah. right? I mean, it's like oh. sub-genres of metal. But like, do you think that there's like a um, groomed beard versus wild beard guys? Like, I feel like a wild beard guy is going to be like really into CrossFit or something. And a groomed beard guy probably owns beard oil. Well, there's a very subtle difference here is because you can, grooming a beard, you can tell when something is groomed to be wild and where something is groomed to look groomed. And then you can tell people who just, oh, it's, yeah. So the CrossFit guy is the guy who grooms his beard to look intensely wild. It's generalizations, y'all. Don't get mad at me. Oh, please. And, stand uh, behind your word. You gro- <laughs> groom, uh, groom, groom is straight, you know, well, I don't know if like you still shape. call it hipster. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, man bun type of thing. It's, it, it's probably really long. Right now, that's sort of the thing. But it's, it's clearly beard oil is not trying to be hidden. And it's it's a shape more often than not. You'll probably see a differentiation between the beard and the mustache itself. Maybe get a little waxing in there, right? Okay, okay. Um, then of course you've got the, the the person who just makes sure that their neck is shaved, right? Well, okay. okay let me go yeah. back here. Well, okay, we'll descend. I'm more of the person who makes sure their neck is shaved, and when my mustache gets too long to inhibit my eating. Uh, I, you know, I shave, I, I cut it back up. Right? Okay. Um, and I like the feeling of a beard and it balances the face. Like that's pretty, that's where I'm going it's from. More, then, more of a balance. It's sort of a geometric solution. I, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Physics. I feel, yeah, but there's something, I just like the, you know, there's certain density of it just feels right. I don't know how else to explain it. Sure. Um, then there's people who don't shave their neck. Um, and grow a beard. Now, often these people are going to be in the category of beards that don't come in super full. Um, it's sort of like, I would hate to say neck beard, but it's, it is a classic sort of <laughs> un, like un, a non-attempt or almost a refusal to accept grooming standards. All right. right. Well, I mean, a beard is in some way, much like long hair, primarily the way that you get a beard is by doing nothing, right? Says the person who doesn't can't grow a beard. Well, yeah, but I can't. Were I I physically capable of growing a beard, like what the person, this subtype you're describing is, is the, the nothing, right? Like you, you just like let it happen. Okay. Well, let me, let me specify. Okay. Uh, 
some people, the way their hair naturally grows, it looks pretty full and good, even if you're not doing a lot of trimming. Um, I think that that's more of the type that um, it's like I have to shave it because it grows into my chest here. Like that's how bad my Italian heritage is. Uh, So there's another type where it's more like where I'm coming from, but it naturally grows sort of like a Joe Dirt mullet. It's fine. You don't have to do a lot. It's like, you know, part of why I grow beards because I don't like grooming. So, yes. Okay. Sort of a – you get some shape sort of built into your right. beard. Okay. But then there's the people who it obviously doesn't look good on, not by any fault of their own, just <laughs> genetics, and they still refuse to do anything. And so it's it's almost offensive to others, but that's fine because they're refusing to participate in that kind of – uh, you know, comparative culture or something. Mm, the anti anti beard guy. Well, they might not put it that way, but you know. Well, they're not going to. It's not an to embracing you. of antisocial behavior, right? Um, and then there's obviously there's still pencil bearding, and I associate this more with white people because I don't know the I, I feel cultures like, of other. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know other cultural beard different, standards, so I can't trees. speak to it. Yeah, 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 like I can't even speak to it. I don't know it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll stick with white men here. Uh, yeah, pencil beards. It's sort of like a lower middle class white guy thing. Well, I mean, in the '90s, that was the beard. Uh, well, I, I guess I I'm talking current beards. Unless you're in Metallica, in which case you have like a goatee in the '90s and chops, maybe. But like no one, like think. Of, I can't think of a, a single like a big beard from the nineties, like at all. Maybe like a, a an big actual beard from spin. the nineties. Yeah. No, that's a really no good beards. point. Like I'm mean, I have to look it up. Like I'm sure maybe metal bands still had beards back then. Oh yeah, maybe I guess your 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 Slayers or something. Yeah, like that's, a Slayer or something. But that was long hair mostly, so I'm not yeah. sure beards were even mm. up with that. Well, I'm learning a lot. Uh, <laughs> I think there's more types, but I don't want to exhaust this just yet. Oh no, I, I think we we will we will end up circling right back to the uh, the various uh, ins and outs of fragile masculinity and uh, how it cycles. Because <laughs> now I, maybe we're on the tail end of beards now. Because I feel like the the hipster man man cycle has gone from like nothing to like. The uh, ironic mustache is just coming in like a like a plague. In when they I was came like, in and out twice yeah. though. I don't know how they've done it. Mm. Yeah, they've, I I I do. I do look forward to the day where I'm just another guy who doesn't want to, you know, take too much time to groom, <laughs> which is exactly what I always looked like before. It's your cross. Alex. I will accept that. It's your cross to bear. <laughs>